it tells us um, here in Sim 26. So Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. Then Paul stretched out his hands and made his defense. And he said this, Paul, verse 2, I consider myself fortunate that it is before you, King Agrippa, I am going to make my defense today against all the accusations of the Jews, especially because you are familiar with all the custom and controversies of the Jews. Therefore, I beg you to listen to me patiently. My manner of life from my youth, spent from the beginning among my own nation in Jerusalem, is known by all the Jews. They have known for a long time if they are willing to testify, they that according to the strictest party of our religion, I have lived as a Pharisee. And now I stand here on trial because of my hope and the promise made by God to our Father, to which our 12 tribes hope to attain, as they earnestly worship night and day. And for this hope, I am accused by the Jews, O King. Why is it thought incredible by any of you that God raises the dead. I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and I did so in Jerusalem. I not only locked up many saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them, and I punished them often and all the synagogues and tried to make them blaspheme and enrage in fear against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and the commission of the chief priests at midday. O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. Verse 14. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in, in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goats. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand upon your feet. For I have appeared to you for this purpose, to appoint you as a servant and witness to the things in which you have seen in me, seen me, and to those in which I will appear to you, delivering you from your people and from the Gentiles, to whom I am sending you, to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sin in a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, throughout all the region of Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds and keeping with their repentance. For this reason, the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. Until this day, I have had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here testifying both to small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said will come to pass, that the Christ must suffer and that 
by being the first to rise from the dead, he will proclaim light both to our people and to the Gentiles. 24, as we get ready to wrap up this reading. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning driving you out of your mind. But Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words, for the king knows about these things, and to him I speak boldly, for I am persuaded that none of these things has escaped his notice, for this has not been done in any corner. Verse 27, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know that you believe. And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? And Paul said, whether short alone, I would to God that not only you, but also all who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these in chains, except for these chains. Then the king rose and the governor and Bernice and those who were sitting with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, this man is doing nothing to deserve death or punishment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. Let me pray for us and ask the Lord to help us with these verses. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for allowing us, Lord, to, to be back in your text here in Acts. Lord, we ask you, Lord, to speak to us right now through your word. Let us cling to your word, your word, your life, and just to see your attributes, Lord, nothing is better. So, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to allow us to see your character and your attributes through these verses as we walk through them. Build us up in our faith, Lord, and mold us in the faith through this. That, Lord, we don't see this as a check out the list, Lord, but we see this as we're hearing from our God again one Sunday evening. So, Lord, we ask you to bless us, Lord. Help me, Lord, even in, Lord, of my deficiencies and my weakness. Lord, let your name be strong. Let your name be proclaimed. Um, let your name, Lord, um, penetrate the deepness of the hardest heart in this room today. So, Lord, we ask you to help us at this time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of, the, one of my favorite movies in the day, and many of you guys might be a little too young to remember this movie, was... The movie called The Temptations. And uh, on the movie of Temptations is um, this group from, I believe, Detroit, right? This group started up as a group, and there was one of profound group in the movie, Temptations. One of the star leaders was a guy named David Ruffin. And if I ask many of you guys, you might know a couple of the favorite sayings of David Ruffin. And I don't remember many of them, but I think one was like, he don't need, I don't need you. How did it go, right? You can't replace me. You can't replace me. And so David Ruffin was this spectacular actor. I mean, he was a spectacular person that was in this actual singing group. And But the actual movie actually played a role and actually tried to depict the real-life story of The Temptations. And not only that, years ago, um, I don't know if you guys remember, Jamie Foxx who played the movie of Ray Charles. And when Jamie Plot played Ray Charles, he was reacting the life of Ray Charles. And that had me thinking about how these actors try to, in their best, to perfect 
the actual real life story. Another picture was Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali, Will Smith played Muhammad Ali in this story. And he gained so much weight to try to really depict the essence of Muhammad Ali. So he picked up so many pounds, he started going to the, to the uh, boxing ring and he started working out to be able to be the best imitator of Muhammad Ali. But how was they able to perfect this? How was the movie and the guy that played David Ruffin and The Temptation, uh, Will Smith played Muhammad Ali, Jamie Foxx played uh, uh, Ray Charles, how were they able to perfect it? They have to look over shows. They have to look over different uh, 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 music scenes. They have to be able to go back into time with their old tapes and old films. They have to pretty much study this person to the T to be like that person. I think our test today is very similar today. Is that to be like Jesus, you have to learn from Jesus. You have to study from Jesus at his feet. Amen. Even though Paul in his life, Paul didn't walk with Jesus in, a, in his earthly ministry, right? But Paul saw him through a vision. But Paul heard from Peter. He heard from others. What does it mean to be like Jesus? And so for our calling here as Christians to be like Jesus, are we better than the Muhammad, than, than, than Jamie Will Smith and Muhammad Ali or Jamie Foster and Ray Charles? They studied them to the T. Are we studying God's words to the T to be just like Jesus? That's good. And so what we see here, though, is that Paul shows us how this should be done in his life. Greg just read John 19, 1 through 13. Jed Greg, Jerry Greg, he read this, and he was sharing with us the life of Jesus. Jesus stood before the Roman leadership. Jesus was betrayed by his kindred. Paul was betrayed by his kindred. Paul was actually given over to the Roman government. The similarities here. Where did Paul get this from? Family, I don't think it's a coincidence. All of a sudden, Paul was just bold. I don't think this is by coincidence. Paul was just bold. I think Paul was set at the feet of Jesus by hearing the words of Jesus through the apostles, by hearing the word of Jesus through Jesus himself. So family, what about us here this evening? How much time are we putting in to imitate Jesus? I know on the iPhone they have the time on there, how long you've been on this certain app, how long you have, you can monitor it. Have you ever noticed how much time you probably have spent on other things than actually imitating Jesus? If Jesus, if we are called, right, as Christians, to be like Jesus, to conform to Jesus, how much time we're putting in to be like Jesus? on Sunday, on Wednesdays, on Bible studies? How much time are you reading God's word to be like Jesus? Well, I hope today's message can be encouraging to you. As we learn the life of Paul here before the Roman leaders, may we be compelled as we see the boldness of Paul when the leaders and the government is all around him, persecution all around him, his boldness that he got from Jesus May we learn from Paul and may we long to be just like this as Christians. So if we're going to do it today, we're going to do it in three points today. Paul's going to explain his loyalty to Judaism. Then we're going to see in point number two, we're going to see Paul explain why Judaism 
uh, shouldn't persecute Christianity because Paul persecuted Christianity. They're going to wrap up with a response. The response to Paul defense. So jump point number one. Paul explained his loyalty to Judaism. We've been learning about that Paul was in custody in Caesarea. And the Jews tried to plot and kill him before he got to Caesarea. But they also tried to even get Festus. Festus was the one that the governor replaced Felix. They even tried to get Festus to, to work something out to allow Paul to come back to Jerusalem. They can plot again and try to kill Paul. So right here, just in these two chapters, two or three chapters, Paul has been plotted against by the Jews to be killed several many times right now. They're trying to kill Paul. But Paul appeared, appealed to Caesar. So he had to be sent to Rome. That was the benefit of Paul by having dual citizenship that they couldn't just get rid of him in Judaism, but they had a process because he's a Roman citizen. So the Jews from Jerusalem came to Caesarea to bring charges on Paul before Festus now. Because Festus was unsure, why was Paul even arrested over some petty crime? We know too is in the past, I don't know if you guys remember what Greg has read as well, it was that when Pilate, when Jesus was before him, and one of the things they said, and, and Greg can quote me on this, was that Pilate, this guy said he's king of the Jews. Better yet, he said he's the king of kings. So Judaism, I mean, so Roman government, you're telling me though is that you guys not going to say anything to this man? He said he's king of kings. He said he's king over Caesar. Caesar is God, they would say. Caesar is God. This Jesus said he's king over that God you guys call Caesar. How is this going to work out for you, Pilate? Pilate had the bat. Hold on, hold on, slow down, Jews. Hold on, that ain't what I meant now. Slow down. And so eventually, Pilate was like, hold on, y'all go ahead and have him do what you want to do with him. I'm out of this. Even Pilate was afraid of the Judaism because Judaism, they was going to be able to get the whole of Caesar and let Caesar know that Pilate is not doing what he's supposed to do. And we see here in our test today, Festus. Festus is there. In the same way, Judaism can put some pressure on Festus here. So Festus is it's going to be hesitant for him to just give in and support Paul because Festus knows what's at stake as well. But Festus is called to keep order within Judaism. So here we see Festus is here. We also see Agrippa is here and Barnice is here in Caesarea before Paul. And so while they're here, Festus shared with Agrippa and Bernice, hey, we have this one guy that's arrested in custody. And we really don't know why he's in here, but he has appealed to Caesar. But you guys need to hear his story. You guys remember Agrippa is the son of Herod that died in Acts 13 after the people worship him. And Bernice is also the sister of Agrippa. So they are wanting to know about Paul's situation. So every time someone inquires about what happened between Paul 
and the Jews. In the past, we have already seen Paul has opened up a, a major proclamation of the gospel. Every time he's arrested, he wasn't complaining about the shackles on his hand. Paul was waiting for them to question him, to ask him questions, for him to be able to give them the hope that is in him. So what is happening during the time of custody? The Lord opened up the gospel and opened up the door for evangelism. The Lord is in his wisdom. He used the most terrible circumstances for his glory. The terrible circumstances. Earlier this week, I was talking to KJ and me. It was a rainy day on Wednesday. It was raining. It was storm and cloudy. It was crazy right outside. And you think about, like, all this rain and storm is going, people, lights probably flickering. Like, what's good out of the storm and the rain? It's good to the farmers. It's good to the farmers for them. I mean, too much rain, right? That might not be too good. But for the most part, it's good to them. So a lot of times we think things are so bad. But it's actually going to be fruitful to others. And I think here, in the same way we see nature right around us, we see things that are happening in nature, feel like it's chaotic, but God used even the natural laws for his glory. In the same way as the Christian church, through suffering, through persecution, the God, you, God uses the most terrible, adverse situation for the Christians to use that for his name to be claimed to the nations. So what is happening in Nigeria? When those little girls that got kidnapped in Nigeria, and I don't think all the girls got them back. I don't think, I think a lot of them got sent over to these different extreme Islamic groups. But what happened after this? Many missionaries, a missionary all around the world, they flooded to Nigeria for the gospel. So family, the, the Lord is a lot wiser than us. I, I think our finite thought process, it kind of gets shaken up when things doesn't happen the way that we envision things to happen. But I tell you this, all things will work out for the glory of God. It will work out for the glory of God for his people. So I say this, as believers, when trials come your way at work, when, when people get on your nerves at work, the Lord is trying to show and shout out to you, patience, patience, patience. It's no mistake. It's no mistake for many of you guys who said, I can't wait to get out of college, which I know you guys are ready to get out of college, or I can't wait to continue working at this job I can't wait till my kids get older. Family, but, uh, for you uh, are kind of really just thinking so far ahead of yourself, you're missing on precious moments of discipleship by the Lord. Why not enjoy the intense time the Lord have you in? Because that intense time is what's going to bring about the mature believer over time. But if you're not thinking about what God is doing right now, you think about the future, family, you're missing out on great opportunities for pruning. Or wherever you're at in life right now with difficult situations, I would say count it all joy. Count it all joy right now. Let not tomorrow be a grudging day. I got to get up and face the same thing again, the same people again, the same environment again. Family, if that's your heart, you miss out on so much the Lord is revealing to us in Christ. So Paul is arrested. 
And this is not his posture right here. That I'm arrested. I got to go through this again and again and again. Paul looking forward to these opportunities. Because these opportunities are going to grow him in his faith. These opportunities are going to open doors for the Gentiles to know Jesus. So family that are here today. Are people learning about Jesus? Or are they learning about your frustrations? They're learning about your hard times. And you're, you, you can't wait to get done with these certain things. Or you're there in a way of that, Lord, thank you, Lord, for allowing me to be here right now to expose some things in my life so maybe someone can come to know Jesus to my suffering and difficult time in this particular moment. So, family, God bring the best, the good news out of all situations. Paul actually God does, and this our test today shows us this. He shared with King Agrippa his defense of the acquisition brought up by the Jews. Paul admit that many Jews know that he lived as a Pharisee. And Paul shared with them is that he lived as a Pharisee, that he had that he have, uh, throughout the past, he have persecuted Christians. He even mentioned, even, he even mentioned about, um, in verse 9, I myself was convinced that I ought to do many things in opposing the name of Jesus of Nazareth. So he meant to, to Agrippa and Bernice that he was one convinced that persecuting Jesus was the right thing to do. Then he goes on in verse 10. And I did so in Jerusalem. Not only locked up many of the saints in prison after receiving authority from the chief priests, but when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Who do you think about? I think about Stephen. Right? You think about Stephen. Paul is testifying that Stephen was one out of many more Christians that were put to death for the sake of the gospel. And Paul said, I was one of the ones that led in that particular work. So Paul's admitting that he was loyal to Judaism. That he was faithful to, to the cause of Judaism. But Paul did say in verse 6, And now I stand here on trial because of my hope and the promise made by God the fathers, to which our twelve tribes hope to attain, as they earnestly worship night and day. So Paul is saying is that even though I persecuted Jews, I mean persecuted the Christians and did these things in the past, but I held on to Judaism, but true Judaism, I truly held on to, but also is this right here. What I'm teaching right now is not contrary to our fathers that came before you. So Paul is saying that y'all got the Old Testament wrong. Y'all got the Old Testament wrong all along. That I have stood before the fathers. And I still stand before the fathers. And it brings to the point number two now. So after Paul just explained his loyalty to Judaism, how he persecuted the church, now he's going to explain, now this is why you shouldn't persecute the church. Paul has to have been admitted so far that he was desiring to honor Judaism by arresting and voting Christians to be put to death. He was convinced that what he was doing was the right thing to do. But all of a sudden, things change. Look at verse 12. And this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. 
At midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the bros. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. The Lord revealed that the people that Paul was persecuting was actually God's chosen people. Judaism, the one that said they hold on to the law, you say you hold on to the things of God, actually you are actually going against the work of God. You are persecuting God's people that God has set aside for himself. So who is God's chosen people? It wasn't ethnic Israel. It was Israel by faith. Okay? It was Israel by faith. Many people today are still fascinated about Israel. They're fascinated by Israel. I say, yes, be fascinated about the glory that's going to come, how ethnic, I mean, our ethnic believing Israel will be before the throne of God. Yes. But unbelieving Israel, though they deny Jesus, there is not another person, there is not another atonement for them. So if you're an ethnic Jew that doesn't believe in Jesus, there's no salvation for you. It's only on salvation for those that put their faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. It can be ethnic Jews. It can be ethnic Gentiles. It doesn't matter what your background is. Salvation is always being through solo Christos, through Christ alone. So the Lord revealed to Paul, these people that you're persecuting, the Christian people, like Stephen that was put to death, those are the true chosen people of God. Which are truly believing in the Lord. And so the Christian faith is made up of Jew and Gentile, bring up the beautiful body of Christ. And Paul was told here, was just read is that he was told to take this good news, that salvation is to the Jew and to the Gentile. Take this good news to the world, that their sins are forgiven for those that have their faith in Jesus, and that they will be sanctified by faith, not by works of Judaism, but by faith in Christ alone. It's that simple. Christ saves. It's that simple. Judaism all these different laws you try to work yourself to God will not save you. Only thing that can save you is by Christ's work alone. That's the only way you can be saved. Not speaking in tongues, right? Not giving a certain amount of money to a church. Not because of an auntie belonged to a church and you started going to the church for her. None of those things save you. Only salvation can come from Jesus putting your faith in the one that is righteous that is perfect, that one that have died and took the place for sinners. Amen. And for Paul, was going through our Gentile regions. He was preaching that salvation in Christ. And Brother Timothy came along the way, right? Your, your boy, Timothy. He came along the way. We, we saw Lydia. We heard it get into Lydia. We got into so many people came along the way. How many of them? have heard the gospel and responded to the gospel and followed Jesus. And that's why Paul is in custody today. Look at verse 21. For this reason the Jews seized me in the temple and tried to kill me. To this day I have had the help that comes from God. And so I stand here testifying 
both to small and to great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said will come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim life both to our people and to the Gentiles. Paul ends with this, y'all. Let me read it again. Listen to these words. I stand here testifying both to the small and great, saying nothing but what the prophets and Moses said will come to pass, that the Christ must suffer, and that by being the first to rise from the dead, he would proclaim life both to our people and to the Gentiles. It has always been about Christ, not our earthly unbelieving kingdom. Earthly unbelieving Israel in the Old Testament, there was a picture of the believing people to come and the believing people that were in the midst of them in the Old Testament. The kingdom of God is full of people by faith. And how we know this? He said, Moses preached this, that Christ is going to suffer. Did y'all catch that? Moses preached this. Not only Moses, the prophet preached that Christ is going to suffer. But that verse 23 sounds like, how many of you guys are going through a gospel right now? Anybody going through the gospel in devotion time? Okay. Well, if you look in the gospels, several times, especially in the gospel of Mark, I think Mark 8, Mark 9, Mark 10, we got three times we see this occurrence that Christ has to suffer and he will be raised again on the third day. Where did Jesus get these words from? Jesus gathered that from the Messiah. He gathered from Moses. Jesus gathered from the prophets. And where did Paul get it from? Paul got it from Jesus. He got it from the apostles. And he got it from the prophets. And he got it from Moses. And where did we get it from? We get it from the word of God. So family, the whole Old Testament had been claiming that Jesus is going to suffer. But you ask yourself the question, did Jews in Judaism, if y'all didn't know this, someone can memorize, listen to this. I know a lot of us have a hard time memorizing one or two verses, don't we? Has anybody memorized the whole chapter of the Bible yet? Okay, I mean, y'all want to hear it after the service since you raise your hand. But think about it. These Judaizers, a lot of them, they can actually memorize from Genesis to Deuteronomy. They can memorize the entire first five books of the Bible. That's how committed, that's how learned they were. They were able to memorize all of these things. So they knew God's word from Genesis to Deuteronomy, but they missed that Jesus was the true Christ. Isn't that crazy, isn't it? They got all this, they knew all about memorized, but they forgot that the Christ must suffer. Because what they was thinking about is that when the Christ comes, he's going to kick who off the throne? The Roman government. That Jesus is going to cook Roman government off, then Israel is going to be king of the world, and they're going to enslave everybody. I think that's where a lot of the Hebrew Israelite stuff comes from. Is that they're going to be on the throne, and they're going to make everybody slaves to them. And they get it wrong too. That, that Christ must suffer was in the language of Moses. It was in the language of the prophets. But it also was in the language of the psalmist. The entire Old Testament said Christ must suffer. And everybody, I mean I say everybody, a lot of these Judaizers got it wrong. That the ethnic Israel was a type of true people. They were the type of people. There will be a lot of unbelieving Jews in hell, 
and there will be a lot of unbelieving Gentiles in hell. But it will be a lot of believing Jews and a lot of believing Gentiles in heaven. I know that I believe this is the most simplest way, but simple doesn't mean biblical fidelity. But I see that's what's shouting at us in all throughout Romans, all throughout the Revelation, that it's going to be believing people around the throne of God, not unbelieving people. God is not going to dwell with unbelieving people. It's going to be believing people going to dwell with him forevermore around his throne. And even in our day, people have misunderstood Christianity, thinking that they are following after God, but it's actually following after self-righteousness. Then they can be saved by being American. They can be saved by being all these certain things I just mentioned earlier. We only can be saved by the work of God and the work that has been done in us. So we turn from our sins and put our faith in Christ alone. So how does Festus and Gripper respond to that? We end here. How are they going to respond? Paul preached the gospel again. He did it to several to the Jews, Judaizers. He did it to, uh, to uh, Felix. He did it to Festus, to Agrippa. How are these people going to respond? Let's end with verse, I mean, end with point number three. The response of Paul to Paul's defense. Let's hear from Festus first. Festus. Verse 24. And as he was saying these things in his defense, Festus, oh, hate himself, said with a loud voice, Paul, you are out of your mind. Your great learning is driving you out of your mind. Festus mocks Paul, saying that he is out of his mind. Like he's speaking as a crazy man, that he must be under influence. He must be drinking that cognac. Is that what y'all drink, Orlando? Cognac? Yeah. Hennessy. Hennessy. He must be drinking some of that, missing some coke. I don't know what y'all be doing. But they're saying is that he's under influence like a crazy man. And he must be under influence. A person that is on certain drugs can be out of their minds. Not able to be able to function properly. So they're saying the same thing about Paul that he's not able to function properly. Something this guy is doing, he's hallucinating. He's doing something out there. Where is he coming up with all this stuff that Jesus was Nazareth and that, that Judaism was wrong and that Christ died and believing in him? You out of your, you're out of your mind. That this Christ, and it talks about he was raised from the grave. That was really got him too. That he was raised from heights, man, raised from the grave. Though you're speaking nonsense. You're out of your mind. Sadie, has somebody ever told you that? Has someone ever said you're out of your mind by proclaiming Christ, Alexis, and anyone else? That your belief will drop you out of your mind? That you are committed to Christ? KJ going out of evangelism, sharing the gospel, have people saying, man, what are you talking about? Why do you go to church on a Sunday evening? Why would you want to wait for marriage for sex for the first time? Why are you so uptight? It's not a sin to drink. Go get turned up. Drink up. A lot of times people would say you're out of your mind. You're going too far with this Christianity stuff. Yes, we believe. We all believe in Jesus, right? In Palmer, we all believe in Jesus. But y'all are going too far. Y'all are out of your mind now. Talking about the scriptures throughout the week? That's cool, right? 
You talking about opening up the Bible and just studying the word together? Yes, I mean, what are y'all doing? Y'all going too far with this. It's like a form of legalism. Y'all must be kind of some type of a cult, right? I think it's the same language they said Paul is at his mind. Family, all of us in this room probably can testify. Some people in our lives that might have said we out of our minds. But some of y'all might. I mean, not, I mean, I don't know. I mean, most of y'all good. I don't know all y'all. But for the most part, though, is that that's proclaiming the gospel and holding on to truths. A lot of times people would say we're out of our minds. So how did Paul respond to this? Is he really out of his mind? How is he going to respond to this? This is how Paul responds to Festus, saying he's out of his mind for believing in the work of Christ. Paul said in verse 25, but Paul said, I am not out of my mind, most excellent Festus, but I am speaking true and rational words, for the king knows about these things. Paul mentioned that he is speaking true and rational words. That he's not lying. One source says this. Paul's words are the exact opposite of insanity. Listen to that again. Paul's words are exactly the opposite of insanity. Y'all out of y'all mind. <laughs> he is very conscious on what is going on. Paul knows. Paul's eyes has been open to the gospel. He knows what's going on. He has seen a broken world. He's seeing a crisis on the way. Paul is not out of his mind. Paul has encountered a savior. He understands Moses and the prophets properly. And y'all got Moses and the prophets wrong. Their Jews have misunderstood the prophets. Paul is not out of his mind. But what about Agrippa? How is Agrippa going to respond? We heard Festus, right? Festus said he's out of his mind. Paul gave him, he gave him the two-piece, right? He hit him back with it. Look at verse 28. How does Agrippa respond? And Agrippa said to Paul, in a short time, would you persuade me to be a Christian? Some people have taken it different ways. You know, is Paul trying to, you know, uh, is, is Agrippa is, uh, uh, mocking Paul here or is Agrippa trying to um, be converted as a Christian here and he's, 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 he's leaning towards Christianity? Many people have taken different things on this. One source says this. Some have taken Agrippa's words to be mocking. But Paul's response in verse 29 makes it more likely that Agrippa felt the compelling force of Paul's gospel presentation but gave an evasive answer. So what are they saying? They said Agrippa was compelled by this. They said Agrippa was, was leaning towards in the sense of like, like he was always going to be converted by this. Listen to verse 29. And Paul said, we're the short alone. I would to God that not only you, but also who hear me this day might become such as I am, except for these chains. Paul didn't stop there. Paul kept working on him. Paul kept working on him. I know... Um, I think it was, uh, might have been Brad, you know. Um, Brad on campus, pretty smooth, right? He met somebody on campus, pretty smooth, right? And he get to know somebody and just working on a person, get to know a person, this and that. Was that you, Brad, I talked to? That one you? 
right, I thought that was you, Brad. Just working and working and getting to know somebody and trying to smooth talk them over and over to try to get to know some. I think Paul is actually working on Agrippa. He's smooth talking over and over. Paul hits him back with it. We're the short alone. It don't matter, Agrippa. He said it's short amount of time. Paul said, I got time, brother. I got time today for this. That, that if you give me more opportunity, I, I would love to be able to have more time and, and I can give you and I can share more with you about who God is. So Paul is trying to persuade with the gospel. And Agrippa and Bernice and other leaders found nothing Paul has done that deserved death in verse 30. Then the king rose and the governor Bernice and those who were sitting with him, with them. And when they had withdrawn, they said to one another, this man is doing nothing to deserve death or punishment. And Agrippa said to Festus, this man could have been set free if he had not appealed to Caesar. It said in verse 30 that the king rose in the governor. The governor is? I can't hear you. Festus. All right, all right. The governor is Festus. But what did Festus say just a moment ago? Festus just said he was out of his mind. Now Festus over here saying right here that he found nothing on him. That brother Festus is all over the place, ain't he? He's all over the place. One minute he's fighting against Paul, now he's with Bernice. Bernice and, and, and Agrippa doesn't find anything. Oh yeah, I don't find anything on him now. Even now, Festus, Bernice, and Agrippa admit that Paul is innocent. We saw the same thing in the life of Jesus. Festus had must have been in front of these Jews or wanted Paul to be tried in Jerusalem earlier or something. So Festus lacked integrity here. Legally, Paul is innocent just like Jesus was innocent from all fault by Judaism. But still, to be able to make everybody else happy, they want to put Jesus to death. And they killed Jesus. Would it be the same for Paul? We'll see that we say, hey, but that's about ourselves right here as we end here. As Christians, we have seen over and over to follow after Jesus, you will be persecuted. We've seen it happen with Jesus, Paul, but also we heard it talks about it in Matthew 5. Blessed are those who are persecuted. The DNA of the Christian life, we will be persecuted. But as we are persecuted, we respond the way that Jesus calls us to respond. We respond in the way that many may come to Jesus and know Jesus. I think a lot of times we miss our opportunity during persecution. Because a lot of times during persecution, we're fighting back at the person that we need to be winning over to Christ. That we need to be sharing the gospel with. We'll fight about them. We'll argue over all these things that really doesn't even matter in a, in a scheme of eternal things, right? We have an opportunity to proclaim the gospel, but what do we do? We argue about with them. They might persecute us, and guess what we do? We throw hands back at them. But as Christians, we should respond like Paul. 
as we are persecuted, we should look for those to be willing to be able to share the gospel with those around us. So ask yourself the question now. Think about the person in your life. This most difficult person that, that are very hostile towards Christianity around you. Think about that person. How have you lived your life before them? Not just talking and proclaiming the gospel. How have you lived your life before them when they have mocked the gospel? Have you responded in a way that's honoring to Christ for them to ask you more questions of what your faith is. Family, let us not lose opportunities. I'm not saying every person that mock you around is going to respond to the gospel. They're not. But it's going to be some that are going to be able to be around that's going to persecute us that we're going to be able to have the opportunity to be able to share the gospel with them. But we've messed up the opportunities because we fight back at them because we're trying to protect our own image. So family, let us be faithful to the Lord. We don't have to walk around with Jesus t-shirts on and Jesus bumper stickers. Let's live our life of sacrifice. Sacrifice to one another. Let me end with some application here. Remember again that the Lord is our salvation. The Lord has saved Paul again over and over again. That he will uphold the righteous during the time of trouble. He did that for Paul. So family, remember the Lord is the liar. He will save us in the midst of trying times. Application two. The Lord will use trials to give us opportunity for the gospel. Somebody that might be observing, going through trials, might can be won over by the proclamation of the gospel through adverse times. So family, look for opportunity to proclaim the gospel during adverse times. And the last one is here, lastly people here. People will truly say you're out of your mind. Don't let that discourage you for standing on truth. Stand on truth regardless of what people say. Stand on truth regardless of what the world might say. Stand on truth. Stand on the word of God regardless of what the world may say around you. Stand on truth. It's okay. They say you out of your mind. Guess what? They said the same thing about Jesus. They said the same thing about Paul. Family, that's good company to be around. Amen. So if it's okay to be mocked by those around you. But ultimately, we have the truth. We have it. And they're blinded by it. Let me pray for you. Father God, in heaven, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for this.